and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. Um, we're coming to you tonight with just a bit of a discussion around project big picture. Um, take a look at what the contrasting viewpoints are on that. Look at it from a Liverpool perspective and and potentially long-term effects and, and some fan response that we've seen um, today. Um, and we'll also take a look at the derby. And just to keep this conversation kind of as concise as possible um i've got chief um in berlin neil how are you i dead on as 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 well as can be expected in a in a in a curfew laden berlin but sure everyone's everyone's going through it as well so generally grand and uh yeah looking forward to the derby at the weekend and yeah some mad news about plans for the, the football so we'll have a wee chat what about yourself man how are you yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Kind of in the same scenario. Um, it'll just be the two of us tonight uh, because I don't think anybody wanted to, to labour through um, this <laughs> proposed legislation. But anyway, um, so look, well, well, I just want to start, Chief, by by saying that, you know, I think you've said on numerous occasions in the past over the last few years that, you know, football needs to change, particularly in England. Um there's a lot of aspects of football that aren't working at the moment. They're not working for the lower leagues. They're not working for the Premier League. Um, and these proposals, you know, address a lot of those issues, first and foremost. But this is something that has to happen or had to happen sooner or later, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, I certainly think so. I certainly think so. And to be honest, I think the main reason why it's out there is because nothing else is. Um, and why it's causing such a furore uh, from from you know from, from the wider I suppose the wider public a little bit and and sort of the usual suspects in the press um, is because there that there has been such limited change if any in 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 English football since since 1992 um, and things have things have sort of come a long way things have evolved um, life is different. Business is different. The sport is completely different. The way it's the way it's played almost is is, is different. Certainly in, in in terms of the speed, in terms of the way it's coached, in terms you know everything has evolved. We don't need to continue down down that path. And it's about time that there there was a shake up. And you know there you mentioned there, and we'll come on to discuss the the specifics. There are some aspects which which can seem and potentially are self-serving um, for the for the architects of of the of the plan and those behind it. But you know that's that's normal when 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 you come up with a plan, you you know you tend to look after yourself a little bit. Um, at the same time, there there are many aspect as, aspects which um, are entirely welcome. And if the plan is not accepted, at least at the very least, it, it's leaking will put those issues into the into the wider public and maybe force a few moves on it uh, on them yeah well I think that's that's a a clear indication of the top team's intent to force to force this change through um, because as you say there, there hasn't been any sort of um, meetings of of a solution to some of the projected issues that we have at the moment in football and particularly the disparity between the Premier League and the lower league clubs. Um, and we've seen that um, over the years. You know, the, the, you know, when the Premier League was first formed, Leeds United came up and they won the league. You know, we've seen Nottingham Forest get promoted and, and, and win the league the next year. And we've seen teams like Ipswich go on and win UEFA Cups and have that essential competitive edge in football in England due to coaching and innovation and proper scouting and um, the Premier League kind of put an end to all of that to a degree Um, but what we have now is a scenario where the Premier League are almost getting Premier Leagued because this proposal is designed to remove some of the power that they have that they you know, it's been described as a power grab. Well, 
the Premier League in his in its bo- in a body of itself initiated a power grab in 1992 when they proposed this new format and and got it pushed through. Yeah, absolutely, and and undoubtedly, and they've sought to kind of establish um, a narrative. Um, that football before 1992 was, was essentially almost a, a different sport and, and titles and so on that were won before 1992 were, are, are somehow lesser and, and are, you know, different from winning the Premier League. Winning the first division was, was different and, and so on and so forth. So it's become a myth in itself, uh, a self-perpetuating myth and one that, uh, the TV companies and the league itself and the clubs have been, oh, you know, Oh, so keen to to keep going, uh, and obvious for obvious reasons, you know, it pays very very well. We all know the money that's in the Premier League, but you're up, you're absolutely right. They initiated a power grab, and all the you know at at present, I think ninety two percent of Premier League money stays in the in the Premier League, and uh, or money in general in football stays in the Premier League, and throughout that throughout that time. Um, during the course of the 28 years of of the Premier League, we have seen numerous um, cases of clubs in the lower leagues going to the wall. Even clubs that that have been have that have flown high, that have that have reached for the for the sun, but perhaps flown too close, have dropped away and and entered administration or come close to entering administration. Clubs have disappeared altogether. Clubs have had to reform. Um. You've seen attendances drop massively um, at, in certain divisions at certain clubs over the years, and just a whole raft of um, financial problems essentially uh, engulf the lower leagues. Um, and at the moment, things are you know things are precarious, uh, and something like a well, they were precarious, and and something like a, a, a shutdown. A lack of uh, a loss of earnings, a complete loss of earnings uh, for for lower league clubs is catastrophic. And the idea that fans won't be back in 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 stadiums, certainly for this calendar year and probably not for the for the rest of the of the season, is is you know it could be fatal and and it will be fatal for a large share. So, I mean, I think I think some will say that the timing of this is seems opportunistic. Given the given the pandemic and given the the state of of football as it is, but I think in a way it's it's a case of necessity leading here. Yeah, I think, um, I, yeah. you're absolutely right, and I think um, I listened to Marcus Bean on the Guardian podcast, and what he stated well, was the reason this is the only deal on the table, and realistically, it shouldn't be. The FL, the Premier League clubs negotiate with Manchester United, Liverpool and Chelsea. It should be football negotiating with the government. And the government have shown no um, willingness to find a financial package in order to support, to, in order to support football clubs. Therefore, we're, we're in this position now where, you know, this deal may be deemed as unsavoury by a few, um, cynical by others. Um if you look behind all that, this at the, this moment in time, with nothing else on the table, absolutely nothing else on the table, this is a necessity. Oh, 100%. And I think we were chatting pre-pod that perhaps this this proposal has come come out, even though apparently it's draft 18. Perhaps, perhaps it isn't quite ready, but, you know, it's been pushed forward. And let's, you know, let's not forget that it's me and champion, Certainly, the voice of it is Rick Parry, head of the EFL, and that to me is no coincidence. That's being pushed forward because these clubs are in trouble, and they're going to be in in serious trouble. I.e., it's going to be the end terminal trouble for for a lot of them if if a deal isn't forthcoming. And you know, fair play to whoever wants to wait for for a deal to come to save football from the conservative government the government that historically has done so much to destroy the game it isn't going to come they'll be waiting forever the uh, premier league itself hasn't managed to because 
as um, Sean Dyche quite eloquent, eloquently put it the other day, well, hedge fund managers don't lend to other hedge fund managers. If they go bust, they go bust. Why should we help the lower clubs? Well, that's typical of the selfish attitude for me of the perennial Premier League underachievers or or shall we say overachievers, perhaps it's better, the ones that shouldn't really be there. Uh, they don't really add that much in terms of the spectacle. They plot away year after year. Should Should the rest of football be held to ransom by that kind of little cabal of teams that actually sort of holds the par? Um, I know people are disgruntled by the, the move um, to change the voting in the in the Premier League as well in, in in the proposal and you know I understand that because the the new proposals go too far the other way but I do yeah so let's concentrate let's concentrate on the voting then so the way it sets is currently it's it's a one team one vote system um and it requires a two thirds majority in order to pass any any vote and you know such examples of that are the the five sub rule which mm-hmm. again Premier League clubs as a body have decided to vote on a two-thirds majority that they would rather revert to three subs and that's it for this season. Mm-hmm. So these are the sorts of decisions that are pushing Liverpool, Manchester United, Chelsea to become frustrated at their lack of influence because the fact remains that the way it works at the moment Essentially, the Premier League can be controlled by the bottom seven clubs. Well, that is the big problem. And that is, you've hit the nail on the head with that with that last thing there. Because everyone thinks, oh, one, one club, one vote. Well, that's democracy. That's fair. That's, you know. It's but- democracy if it's a 50-50. If mm-hmm. you require more than half, but requiring yeah. more than two-thirds doesn't feel like democracy to me. No, I mean, it, I mean, they've put a safeguard in there to so that so that it's not that easy to to change the laws, and that's fair enough. But the result of that is, especially the result of that is is what we have now, where where you're essentially putting power, as you said, in the bottom six, seven clubs in the league, and they will always vote against things which are likely to damage them in any way, in any perceived way. And this is likely to because parachute payments and distribution of TV money. Having said that, you know, the, the thing that, that then also translates to the championship in that you, in a way, you end up with similar, the, the same teams, if, if, if not always, but regularly come, come back and, and they're being just this cycle. How many times do you hear the line, oh, you know, They'll come up and they'll go down and they'll get ready for, for the next year when they come back up and attack it the second time. Burnley literally used it as a strategy where they would come up, take their legs, go back down, take the parachute payments and build a more sustainable Premier League team from there. And they've done it very, very successfully, to be they fair have. to them. But this is what we've seen over the years is we've seen the same clubs coming up and down. You know, who came up this year? We saw Fulham come up this year. Again. 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 We've seen West Brom come up this year again. We've seen Leeds finally come back up. But that, again, is because of financial mismanagement. And when they went down, I don't believe there was such a thing as parachute payments when they went down. And they may have actually have been, you know, a a cautionary tale in order to convince people that parachute payments were the way to go. But we've seen it with teams like Newcastle, with teams like West Ham. These teams float in and out of the Premier League perennially. Totally. And nobody else, really, very few others, really have a chance of coming up. It's good to see Leeds come up. I'm glad they've come up. And You know, you mentioned there they've basically done it without the parachute payments. And they're a big club and they, because of of, their history and because of their fan base and so on, they... um, you know, they've been able to attract probably investment and, you know, they've got a very good manager and, and all the rest of it. But they've done it the right way. They've come back up. But if, for me, you're skewing, you're not, the money in the Premier League doesn't just skew the league, the quality of the football in the league. 
but it also skews the division below because of and and who can possibly come back and it becomes becomes this little closed shop. Even if you go down, you're likely to come back up. If not the first year, then probably the second. And if you don't, maybe you'll you'll you really will slide like a Stoke or a Sunderland or whatever. But they are really the extreme cases. Most teams yo-yo certainly for a while before before drifting away or finally establishing themselves. And it doesn't. It shouldn't really be like that. You shouldn't really get three chances. If people talk about the romance and stuff, and that's fine. But if you want it to be romantic, then let it be romantic. Let these let the teams come up and 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 just have a bash at it. And if they go down, they go down, and they take their chances. But why why should that parachute payment be used up on one club who failed essentially in their in their season? They had a great bash, but they failed. Why should they get money which could be shared out amongst ten clubs in that division to help them? Yeah, a hundred percent. The the voting proposal is the hearts restructured. However, and we'll come back to that parachute payments because I yeah. think it's a significant change, but. The voting structure, the way it's been positioned now, is the the top six clubs plus the the top six clubs: Spurs, United, Arsenal, City, Chelsea, and Liverpool. Plus this bizarre selection of three clubs, which are Southampton, Everton, and West Ham United. I'm not sure why those clubs are the clubs that have been selected to make up the nine. It seems it seems strange to me that it would be those three. Um, you know, I'm looking at it. I'm thinking to myself, why not Wolves? I'm thinking to myself, why not Leicester? Um, I'm thinking, I, why not Villa? Why, why not Villa? Maybe because they're a relatively new Premier League club. Maybe these, you know, I, I would argue maybe these are the three, you know, most lo- most long established. I mean, I don't. I think Everton have never been relegated from the top division, have they? So they they sort yeah. of would have to be in there. West Ham, obviously, they're they're a big club. They've got a big fan base. They've got a lot of history. But, you know, they've yo-yoed quite a lot, as we've spoken about, not just in recent years, but even historically. Um, Southampton? I'm, I'm not really sure about it. I mean, they've yo-yoed a few times. Um, but, yeah, who knows why they've really gone for those three. But, yeah. Anyway. So the way it's been positioned now is that any set only it only requires two-thirds of those nine clubs which basically skews it the other way where you would need six six of those nine in order to pass any bill which essentially will be the top six and the concern and this is the big concern that i have around this is that those top six will essentially collude in order Mm -hmm. to uh weigh things even further in their favor and let's be honest things are already weighed in their favor considerably that's why they're they're always there and they're about um so do, do you know do they how much more i suppose the question i'm asking how much more help do they need and see to be honest chief you know um the, that would kill any sort of romance in in the perspective of teams like leicester going on to win the league you would you wouldn't see that ever ever again it would also allow i i mean i'm not convinced I'm well not the convinced other thing is it wouldn't, argument, it, it wouldn't well it's the way I it, it is the way I feel about it. It would also suggest the fact that I'm I'm, I'm enjoying the United slide. I'm enjoying watching the potential that United could literally slide that, down. I mean, they the thing. Okay, let me let me let me come back at you here because I am also very much enjoying United slide. Let let, let that not be. Let that not go unmentioned. Um, but I don't think that changing the this this. The, the the changes as they are proposed here would have would make any difference to that per se because they've still got all the money in the world they've had all the money in the world they've spent hundreds of millions probably in the billions since certainly probably in the billions since um since Ferguson left certainly when you include the contracts that they've paid their managers both in and out of work um. And they're not getting anywhere. They've put in, they've tried top managers in inverted commas. You know, they've gone for experience. They've gone for, first they went for continuity in a way with Moyes. I'm sure they were paying him a fair whack. Then they went for Van Hal and his, you know, his know-how, his experience, and caliber and pedigree and yada, yada, yada. He failed catastrophically. Then they went for Mourinho again with this, for the same reasons. And he's a winner in inverted commas. He also failed. 
And now they're on their, yeah, their club legend. In inverted commas, a pretty weak legend, I have to say. Um, but a, a certainly certainly a, a good player, goal scorer at the time, although never a starter. Um, as their as their man, and they're they're sort of backing him. But they've spent a billion or more, is what I'm saying. And they've they've signed top players in inverted commas. You know, maybe not the very top, but they've signed names. They've thrown money at it. They've they've, they've tried everything. They've just failed. And changing these rules, I don't. Th- I mean, there is a there is always a a rush to say. Um, you know, if these changes will happen, then then that means that X, Y, and Z, and Z, and you know, and we'll, we we can kiss goodbye to everything. But I, I, I'm not. I don't necessarily sort of go along with that. I have to say. I mean, yeah, on the face of it, or in reality, if these changes went ahead, financially speaking, um, the the big the bigger clubs would get more money. So that's fine. So there'd be a bit more of a discrepancy there. But if you if you're talking about um the voting thing, I think I think personally there should be a change. I think it is a bit much to say, oh well these nine, but we only need two thirds, so it could just be us six that, that make all the decisions. I think that's a bit a bit of a piss take. But say if you needed eight of the nine or all nine or six plus two or plus three of any of the other clubs, I think that would be much more palatable and, and maybe that is negotiable. Who knows? But I, as I've said before, I don't think the way the voting system works at the moment is, is fair at all. And I think it means that you have a lot of very sort of mediocre kind of middle of the road clubs kind of holding the rest of the league almost to ransom. And in the absence of any kind of governmental help, um, I think, as we said, I think we need to seriously sort of sort of look at the plan. But but I don't think it would necessarily stop a Leicester, for example, doing well because the other teams can also do shit. I mean, nobody expected City to fall off the cliff that they fell off last year. Um, in you know, relatively speaking, they I mean they dropped twenty points from their, their previous total two totals. So it can happen. They still had all the money. They still had the best, the best quote unquote manager in the world. So those things will still happen. It 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 will weigh it slightly more in the favor of the top six. But let's be honest, it's already weighted in their favor. Other other um, leagues already do this, and in a way, they they sort of just accept that the big teams are generally always going to be there. But it. It doesn't mean that doesn't. It's not inevitable. I mean, we've seen it in Germany, um, where I think you sort of have something similar. I'm pretty sure that the the TV money here isn't. I mean, the deals aren't as big, but the money isn't shared evenly. And um, you know, the you've seen some of the bigger clubs drop out. I mean, you, but in general, it, it is almost an inevitability that. A team like Manchester City or or Liverpool or Arsenal or Manchester United, even when they slump and when they have a really bad slump, they're still probably not going to finish the season below eighth, even at their worst. You know, and 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 since they're the ones that are perennially going to be in the league and don't really have any chance of being relegated, and they're the ones that people are sort of paying to see. Doesn't it make sense that they get a bit more? I mean, to me, it, 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 I can sort of see why it is to make the one league the most competitive, again, quote unquote, in the world. But isn't that sort of just a bit much in the way that you, you're putting it forces the whole all football, the whole game to funnel into this one league. So this one league can be the best and, and fuck the rest of it. Yeah, I, I I totally understand what you're saying, um, and it's all it's all fair points. Um, there is, however, that concern that it, it will become even more of a closed shop than it is, um, and you'll almost create a league within a league of that top six that will that will you know rewrite rules and and rewrite redistribution of wealth etc further on down the line in their favor that will suggest that 
Yeah, you know, I mean, you've got, you've got. First of all, you've got to, there are a couple of things in this. Um, you've got, you've got to renegotiate. I think, as as we mentioned, that just the top six can can make the rules. I think they're they're going to need a little bit of compliance from elsewhere as well. Um, but you've also sort of got to take these proposals, you know, as as once they're if if the, if it were to be accepted, which seems unlikely, but if it were even a revised version to be accepted, you've got to take that these are then solemn promises, contractual obligations almost to make sure that all this money is distributed in the way that they've said that it's going to be that the other leagues get every year and the other clubs in the lower leagues all get what exactly what they were meant to get, when they're meant to get it and so on and so forth. But I think, I think it's it, it, it's the first time that the Premier League and clubs, and I think the clubs should be commended in a way, because yes, of course, it is self-serving in a way, but in a way it is bringing the whole thing back together a little bit, and even that is self-serving. Yeah, so let's look at some of the let's look at some of the things that are are more encouraging within the plan that there's been a lot of focus on on the disproportionate voting proposal um which i think we all have our our various concerns about but um 25 percent of premier league revenue to go to the football league um 10 percent to go to grassroots football and the fa um as well as charity organizations which again, this is the this is the big seller for for the football league. Um, and let's be honest, a lot of those clubs they don't really they don't really give a fuck what happens at the top end of the Premier League. They know that that's a pipe dream for the likes of Macclesfield Town or or mm-hmm. Bury as they were in their previous incarnation. Um, if there is to be a, a Phoenix project, um, you know, Yeovil, Leighton Orient, you know, these clubs are 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 part of communities and and ingrained within the society that they're built around, they provide jobs, they provide escapism, they provide, you know, an economical boost to the surrounding community. And these are vital, vital organisms almost within um, the landscape that they're built around. Um, And it's important that these are maintained and this is an option to do that. So obviously from the lower leagues is going to be an overwhelming um, positivity around this. Um, no charity shield. I think we're all a bit fed up with the charity shield, yeah. It's pointless. It's absolutely pointless, in my opinion, because of when it is as well, in particular, and because of the way the, the, the football schedule is now. And to me, it's not a big sacrifice at all. And that's coming from a fan uh, a fan of a club that plays in, in the charity shield fairly regularly and has done. Okay, for, for a while not, but, but has done quite frequently it's it's no big deal i will not miss it <laughs> yeah um no league cup so two things about the league cup chief first and foremost the league cup is not if you look at the likes of the fa cup etc this is not something which has been ingrained in english football for all time the league cup was introduced in 1963 um so you know, it's only been around, it's been around for less than 50% of the lifespan of English football. So the other argument is that, you know, small clubs rely on big league cup ties to, to, you know, for that financial boost in order to make them secure and they'll focus on the league cup and that's all well and good. But the reason that they, the reason that they rely on the, essential lottery of getting two around in the league cup where they can draw a big club and get that big draw that they want away from home. Um, that's because of the disproportionate allocation of wealth from the premier league and the previous redistribution that has been suggested surely should, you know, Make the the need for the league cup league cup to be a significant money maker for lower league clubs important redundant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it shouldn't be like that anyway. That is for me, you know, people equate that sort of thing with the romance of the cup. 
when it, when a team gets a and and they'd rather when the Wii team would rather almost get a big replay than win the the home match. You know what I mean? Because a, a big replay at, a, at Anfield or wherever could be a, a massive payday and, you know, could could keep the club going for another couple of years. And to be honest, but football, football... But that's because the money doesn't trickle down the way it that, should that, go, that's isn't what it? I mean. That's what I mean. And it shouldn't be like that. This, the, the lower league club should be confident of its survival for the next couple of years without needing to land a plum tie away in the cup in the lottery like that. It's not, yeah, it is literally like buying a lottery ticket every season. When you enter the League Cup, you're buying a lottery ticket every season to say, can we get far enough to get a big draw? And can we get that big draw? And can we get it away from home? And can we can't even force a replay anymore? I mean, but, the real for me, the reality is in 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 the modern game, the League Cup is is sort of redundant because you, I mean, you have the FA Cup, so every single team in the country gets to enter the FA Cup. The you problem have, is you have you have two different governing bodies there and with the Premier oh, League you have three different governing bodies and, and, and none here, of them he, herein lies the problem. Yeah. And that's why we're gonna have a lot of ructions over this because each one's gonna be put out of joint. And actually the, all of them are put out of joint by this because, because it's the fucking the clubs themselves and the, well, the, well, the EFL themselves seem happy with it. So realistically, the EFL I think are, are very happy with it. I think if we're looking at a reason, if we're looking at, if we're looking to draw a poll, like a, you know, if we're looking to draw a poll um, to determine whether the League Cup should be kept or not um, within this proposal, if it is to be negotiated, let's say. Surely the people they ask are the are the EFL League One and League Two club chairmen to say, do you want to keep the League Cup or do you want this? And they, in my opinion, from what I've heard, would resoundingly vote for the proposal. Absolutely, listen. The the proposal is is far far better than the League Cup, and you know, okay, you'd be losing a, a cup competition with history. You'd be losing a, a, a chance of silverware for a club. So it is something to be to. To, to you know to disappear it, it's not that it wouldn't be missed in any way or that you know but at the same time this proposal is much much better for the vast majority of those clubs in the long run and the vast majority of well, in general it's better for for football in the long run than having another governing body trying to get their cup competition there's pretty much irrelevant cup competition in um and yeah, we talk about gate receipts, and they're important, and and and, and that is true. And um, but at at the same time, there there are no gate re- receipts at the moment. And if if the if the money is tr- coming down properly and regularly on an annual basis, uh, in the, in the way as described, then it's only going to be a good thing. You know, part of me comes back. I mean, there's so many good things in this. There's you know, there's the there's what we're well, let's about. move on. Let's move on to the reduction of the Premier League eighteen teams. Yeah. So this has a knock on effect down to League Two, where two teams will lose their football league status that wouldn't uh-huh. have. Uh-huh. Um and I understand that that's an issue. Um this is obviously to support European qualifying Premier League clubs. Um, but again, the Premier League was originally supposed to reduce to yeah. eighteen teams. And again, when we talk about a, a twenty, you know, if, if we want, if you want to blow history and tradition in my face, the top division used to be twenty-four teams. Yeah. Then it was reduced to twenty-two teams. Then it was reduced to twenty teams. So this isn't something, you know, groundbreaking and taboo that hasn't been ever looked at before. Um, no, it's just we lived in we live in a world where everything that happens is treated as if it's brand new and it's never been done before because clearly the world only began you know after the internet. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's not new at all. And in fact, as late as 1994, 94, 95 season was 22 teams in the Premier League. I'm sure. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Originally, the plans were to reduce to an 18 team league um and and many many years ago but they shelved that because they were doing quite nicely with 20 um for me 
again, yes, two clubs at the bottom of the of the league system will lose their positions, and and that's going to be obviously sad for them and their communities. Again, though, it's 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 part of football when when the leagues reduced before that that happened as well, and and it happens, you know, the the competition gets slightly better over the years. Things evolve survival sort of of the fittest in a way not harsh not massively harsh not fuck you all but you know there are fewer places now so you know you play for it there are a few places in the premier league as well therefore you play for it that's that's the nature of competition and let's not forget that above anything else football is a sport so there is a level of, of competition we shouldn't forget that um and yes, it will probably help teams qualifying for Europe. But the one thing no one's talking about and has been a massive problem for perennially forever in my lifetime, no one's talking about the national team. It'll help the national team. Not that I give a shit because I don't support England, but it will massively help them play in fewer games. You know, you get the tournaments and, oh, Germany are in the final. Well, they only they play far fewer games. And Spain are in the final. Oh, well, you know, their league isn't as competitive because it's weighted further. And they don't have a secondary And they don't have a secondary And they don't have a second cup competition. Oh, why are England always knackered when they get... Because you just fucking flog them at the end of the day. Um, so, you know, reducing to 18 for me, it'll improve the quality of the competition. And it's not a massive, massive step. I think it's, it, it, as we said, it was in the original plans. And for me, I've got absolutely no problem with it. No, I think it's it's eighteen in it's eighteen in Germany. I think it used to be it used to be eighteen in Italy. Is it still, or did they go back to twenty? I think they went back to twenty. I think they went back to twenty for whatever unknown reason, unknown reason, but. They used to be again 18, but, it, but this is just to prove the point that this isn't something groundbreaking that's being proposed here. Um, so I don't think people should get their knickers in a twist too much about this. And the bottom line, Chief, is that, you know, they're, they're worried about two teams losing their, their football league status. Well, we're in a situation where in three months' time there could be a whole lot more than two leagues losing well, their football that, league that's status. It. That's it. I, I mean, at this stage, you're... If you want to use an analogy, you're you're almost amputating one or two one or two fingers to stop the whole arm. Well, that's it. Well, you're we're cutting your nose off to spite your face, essentially. Yeah. yeah. To 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 look at it the other way. Yeah. If you weren't to go for this. Yeah. I mean, um, you we we talk about Italy there, but just just even on the on the 18, just another point is, it's very rare that that at least one team isn't madly cut adrift at the bottom. Sometimes, quite often, there are two teams during the year that you know from the very start are pretty much nailed on to go down. Yeah, you could you could take you could you could you nailed Norwich on from probably ten games in last year. Yeah despite, and, and the, despite, despite beating the champions. Absolutely and despite the fact that the that the points total needed to stay up was the lowest it's ever been. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And this year you've written off Fulham already, 100%. You've written yeah, them off in game absolutely. So they're gone. They may as well not be in the division. It's no fun for them. It does no good to their players. Uh, as we say, it's almost an exercise in futility. And, you know, so again, I don't see, I don't see that there's a, a big, big problem with that. Uh, no, if anything, it would probably make the relegation battle more exciting. Yeah, and I think we should maybe come on to that. I can segue in and touch on the um, the the cha- potential change in, in in playoffs and relegation and promotion. Yeah, so this is something that's done in most other countries, I believe. It's mm-hmm. done in Italy. It's done in Germany. I'm not sure whether it's done in France or not. I think um, it is. Yeah. Yeah, but this is a. Um, I think there's two up, two down automatically, and then there's a final playoff place where um, the third place the, the but what would be i suppose the 16th placed team in yeah. the premier league playing off against the third place, best placed team in the championship um whether they have uh, playoffs to yeah. decide that or not again i don't think that's a premier league decision um 
No, but oh. I think it, I think it was mooted that uh, there would be a playoff to decide who would play in the playoff. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it might it might be you know three, four, five, and six playoff to decide who plays sixteen in the Premier League. But again, this isn't this isn't anything new. This isn't anything revolutionary. These are ideas that have been deemed to work in other countries for a significant period of time that the Premier League are being encouraged to adopt. And again, it just goes to show that the Premier League are and have been for a number of years out of touch with what goes on around Europe. And it's a very it's a very English attitude that we know better and we'll go we'll go it our own way and we'll do things our way and differently and basically be damned the rest of you. And I think when you have these foreign ownerships coming in, particularly the Americans, um, they're looking at this this, you know, stereotypical English attitude. Um and thinking to themselves, why are you behaving like this? You, it's almost as though you're doing it out of spite because you know better than Johnny Foreigner. It's almost Neanderthal-like, isn't it? In, in uh-huh. A, it's 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 a refusal to to adapt. It's a refusal to evolve. It's a refusal to accept that other other cultures might have better ideas than you and. Yeah, and 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 even, but but even even just even just to come in the line a, a little bit and and to act to act as if to act as if it is a revolution this this being proposed. Okay, I I admit that, or I I would agree there are a lot of proposals that are that have been uh, put forward in this in this. Well, I was going to say document. Uh, I suppose it is a document. I haven't read the document. I've just read the reports. On the document, on in various newspapers and and sports websites, um, a couple of really good pieces, um, particularly in the Guardian and on the Athletic on the subject. But um, but yeah, I mean, for there there are a lot of so there's a lot to take in. There's a lot to chew over and 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 think about and and you know decide whether you like whether you don't. But for me in general, it's it's a good piece of work. It has its flaws, and people will be quick to point them out because people generally are. But I think the most, I think what's most important here is there's a lot of really good stuff in it. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be done and should have been done a long time ago, and that's from the dis- redistribution of of wealth from the Premier League down the so-called pyramid down to the grassroots. We do need. I think, and we've been talking about it for a long time, to radically do something about the League Cup, whether that's completely remove it or, or, or remove top division teams from it or remove the top six or who, you know. But there needs to be serious shake-up there. We've been saying that for a long time. Because it's been devalued. Every every competition that we have domestically, apart from the league, has been devalued. Because there are other things, and there's so much football now, and those other things have more money attached to them and more prestige attached to them, and so for and there and therefore these cups that the people hang on to, they hang on, they're hanging on to the past. They don't mean these things anymore, and it's almost sad when you see the ads on on ITV, and you know they've got those two dogs with the Cockney accents trying to talk up the magic of the cup, and you're like, yeah, fine, you can do that. And, whatever it's still okay it's okay but it's only okay now and that's even the FA Cup never mind the League Cup which was never really such a huge thing um, unless you're going way back to the 80s and even then it was, it's always been the third competition so so anyway I mean the League Cup aside you know capping away tickets at, 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 at £20 subsidising taking the fans into account and subsidising travel um, making sure the money is, is 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 better spread. All these things are things that need to be done. And yeah, I think there's there's things in there. I think to that were put into appease fans. Um, and you've got the the capital of twenty pound away tickets. You've got the subsidisation of away travel. You have um, 
the option for clubs to introduce safe standing in their stadiums. However, there there has been a, a joint um, fan statement um, from the uh, what is the word the rel the respective supporters groups of each of the top six clubs. So the Arsenal Supporters Trust, the Chelsea Supporters Trust, the Spirit of Shankly, as we'll all know, um, the Manchester City FC Supporters Club, the OCS, Manchester United and Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust. And they have said, um, and I'll, I'll paraphrase this a little bit, um, uh, Premier League has rightly said that all stakeholders should be involved in discussions about the future of the game. Um, however, supporters haven't had the courtesy of any communications, despite this proposal being three years in the making. Um, by floating the latest plan, those behind it are acknowledging football needs to be reformed. It's something we've been saying for many years, which is fine, and they agree. There are some suggestions in this plan that have merit. Um, but we are totally opposed to the concentrating of power in the hands of the six billionaire owners and departing from the one club, one vote and collective ethos of the Premier League. This part of the proposal must be dropped immediately if other elements are to be given serious consideration. Um, so interesting, it is interesting, it is interesting, yeah. But I wonder, have they given? Do you not think, Chief? Can I ask you a question? Yeah, can I can I, can I ask you a question here? And this is kind of what I am on. I think there are loads of great ideas in there. I think um, it's almost. It feels to me like you're almost. It feels to me almost like, well, we've got, what, 92 teams in, in the Football League. It almost seems like six teams are asking 86 to sell their soul for survival. Um, that's the way it kind of feels to me. Um, it's kind of like making that deal at the crossroads. Um, and I, I mean, I like I like the drama to, of it, um, but I, 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 I'd have to disagree. I'd say that for... I'm going to say Burnley again, and that might be unfair. Sorry, any Burnley fan who may listen to this, I don't know why you would, so you probably don't. But uh, anyway, so I think for your, the likes of, of, of a Burnley, of a Newcastle, of until last season, a Bournemouth, but even them, because they'll, they'll be getting parachute payments and, and coming back up, uh, a Norwich, a Fulham, uh, you're, you're talking about maybe 10 clubs there. Maybe a West Ham because they're per- perennially in the in the bottom half, but they're going to be included in 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 the big boys in the in, in the new proposal. Who knows? But yeah, but they're fans. they're not really going to be though because it's six of those nine, so they'll still be frozen out. Yeah, so I it's, mean, I, I, it's it's kind of it's kind of chief. It's kind of I, you, I we're would, complaining I, about skewing it, skewing yeah, those got, six or seven clubs. You're kind of skewing it the other way then. Yeah, but you've got to go more than the six. I think they've chanced their arm there. Yeah, you know, I think hundred percent. Yeah, and yeah, okay, six is a piss take, but it needs to change from what it is. And I think those supporters trusts, if they've really made that statement, are a little bit blind. They're shooting themselves in the foot because they are saying they're handing the power. And, and allowing the power to remain within this cabal of of average teams and average clubs, which will consistently want to try and pull them back, but will never be able to. And this is where we are. We'll never actually be able to yeah. claw back on the top clubs. It's time. I think there's. I think there's a compromise to be. There's a compromise to be found between those two extremes. The yes. one that we have at the moment, and the one which is being proposed. And for me, that is the key sticking point here. Um, because the me, chief, you know, winning things mean an awful lot, and it took us a long time, a long time to get to this point. And that's the reason it means as much as it does. And, you know, if you're essentially going to be one of these six teams that's going to win things all the time, and realistically, it's probably going to be only one of only four teams that's going to win things all the time. You really... Well, it already is. It already is, but is it? You know, Liverpool were oh, a team is, that, Well, well, Liverpool were, a, were... We were a club that didn't win a league for 30 doesn't years. Doesn't matter. Under doesn't it? 
But it doesn't matter because under whatever year this proposal might have been floated during the Premier League era, we would have been in the big six. I under I understand that. You the know concern what I, mean? I have, I, I do get that, Chief. The concern that I have though is that we have a situation the, here where the big once six, once we once we give these six the par, what happens next? What does football same, in England look same, like? The same thing that happens now. But I agree. You don't want to concentrate par completely and totally in the hands of those six clubs. I I do understand that. That is that's going too far. But the the concern I have, Chief, is what what does football look like in five or ten years' time if you hand the part of those clubs? You know, yeah, do you we have? You can't do, do that. But my concern is. If you flip it the other way, if you leave control in the in the near in the near do wells, for want of a better word, uh huh, you will never you will never have any progress at all because they have only their only raison d'etre is just just to stay in the league, just to keep things the way they are, just to tread it's, water. It's to keep getting the payday, the yeah, Premier League get, payday. Exactly, and there's no romance in that. There is no competition. No, I that. agree. I agree a hundred percent. And that's what people, some people, are missing when they when they get sort of misty eyed about what we have and and this competitive league. The realities are are quite different. We're it's not that competitive. Well, the realities are quite different because of the Premier League. That is why the reality yeah. is different. You yeah. know. The Premier League have structured things in such a way that this is the reality that we now have. And, they, they, and they've, they've created this problem themselves where they've handed the power and sustained success to the Manchester United's and the Chelsea's and, and also now the Liverpool's of this world where they can dominate English football and there, and there won't be a Nottingham Forest and there won't be a, a you know, a, a, a Leeds United or, or, or whoever again. That, that sort of thing doesn't happen anymore and it's a scenario that it's ironic it's hilarious i think um they'll will and they talk about a power grab they're going to they're going to cling on to their product with every fiber that they have the concern that i have and this is the big concern that i have is that this feels to me like a first step towards a, a towards a big six breakaway where they're going to be able to make a rule where well, we'll we'll not play this many games this season, and we'll go and play this other European Super League, or this maybe this complete breakaway will happen where they'll not even play the Premier League any longer. They will go and play in this other competition. And yeah. to me, I think it signals a shift in where football could end up in five, ten, fifteen years' time, which is not it's not essentially a product that I want to see because the Champions League's already tried to do that. It's already alienated smaller teams as much as it can. And that has a knock-on effect to each individual country's national success. You know, the, the success of the success of Scottish football is a great example. The players that Scotland used to used to um uh produce, produce. Yeah, um, you know, you, it was only just, you know, I think the first year of the Premier League, we had Rangers getting to a European Cup semi-final. Celtic have obviously won the European Cup. Um, and this this sort of thing doesn't happen anymore. Um, the globalisation of football has has created this. Um, and players are plucked, plucked from obscurity at ridiculous ages of now. It used to be like 15, 16. It's now seven and eight. And then, you know, if they don't become the biggest stars in the world, they're cast off um, to the wasteland of could have beens or would have beens or should have beens. And um, it's essentially capitalism of the game. And this, to me, feels a little bit like disaster capitalism. Yeah, I mean, I think we're you've said it. We're already there. And and any any. Attempt to to claim otherwise, I think, is is, is futile and and again misty eyed. The the game is 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 the biggest. I would say probably maybe maybe give or take the Super Bowl or something like that, but probably the biggest sports entertainment industry in the world. 
the Premier League. I mean, it makes how much worldwide? Uh, the, the players make fortunes, the managers make fortunes, and they want to keep it that way. And and personally, I, you know, I, you know, they were talking about um, the the new uh, potential new change to to the playoff, and I was listening to the Totally Football Show, and they were saying that often it's the team that um, the the team in sixteenth in, in the top league who will stay up when they play in the, in the playoffs. So they're sort of trying to uh, keep another place and, and yada, yada. But England's different. In my opinion, if you've got a team that's got momentum and finishing third in the, in the, in the championship and, you know, finishing well, and, and you've got a team that's struggled all season and finishes 16th, I think in England nine times out of 10, it'll go the other way. Um, and I think that's that's something that I don't agree with. I, the big disparity in, in wages between between bottom level Premier League clubs and top level Championship clubs, um, there there isn't much of a much of a difference in the quality and the standard of the players. Sometimes there's nothing in the quality of the standard. Yeah, sometimes of the I think something I would like to see is potentially a built in. Um, relegation clause in any player's contract where wages wages must be reduced by an, a certain percentage. That must be an, Eng, an English football rule in any contract that's written. Because that's I mean, the sort of thing, you know, if you, if you look at the, the Jack Rodwell example, that's the sort of thing that can cripple a club. Mm, abs- no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and those things are, are already there. The capitalization of, of, of the game or the, uh, has you know it started in in England in earnest in in 1992 and it hasn't looked back you know it it really hasn't looked back and we can, we can see it today's you know with the proposal the most recent proposal of the Premier League to try and sell its unwanted games for 15 quid a pop you know um, absolute capitalism at its finest right there oh this is shit that nobody wants oh let's stick a price tag on it put it up front package it nice and shiny. And that's what they've tried to do and talk about exploiting the situation. Unfortunately, we live in a very exploitative world and it seems okay because people say, oh, it's business, but that's where we are. And, you know, people don't like that football is a business and it is at the top level. It is at the top level. It's a big business at the, at the grassroots level. It's still a business. It still has to survive. Uh, it doesn't have to make money, but it has to break even. It has to keep going, or it has to be able to be funded. It has to, it has to survive. It has to make ends meet. And the only, the only proposal that's that's halfway looking like trying to do that now is this one. So yeah, rather than pouring shite on it, which the newspapers will love to do, we should really be looking at a lot of this and and looking to the future. I mean, I the one thing I would say about the, the European Super League is I would say. If the top clubs don't get some of their way on this, then they will break away, and they'll take football with them. Yeah, and it's a bit of a, it's again, it, it's again, it's it's it almost because seems a little bit like blackmail to me. It is in a way, but look at it. Everyone wants to look at it from the and say that it's it's the top six holding everyone to ransom. They're not for me. They're they're using the situation to their advantage, absolutely. But it's some it's something that needs to be done, I think, for the good of the game as a whole in the country. Because I think the Premier League, the way it is, the way it's been allowed to manifest itself and become the entity that it is, I think that is destroying romance, competition, you know, the glory of the game, all of that. Because it's just a giant cash cow, and all you've got to do is be in it. Yeah, agreed. All right. Well, listen. Let's um, let's take let's take some time to look ahead to the derby. Um, we've got good news. Um, we have our we have our our COVID um contractors back. Uh, we've got Manny and we've got Tiago back. Henderson arguably the most important of them all, you know, 65 minutes for England, that will do him no harm at all. Um, 
by all accounts, I didn't watch it, but he, he seemed to perform really well. Um, and I think for me, that's something that was really missing against Villa. But it's an Everton team that they're going to be confident. They're going to be on form. They've got, they've got players playing well. So I don't know. This is a fun, this is a funny game, Chief, because this, this derby at Goodison has produced very little quality and very few goals in the last four or five years. Potentially, this could be quite the opposite. Yeah, I mean, I think it's got goals written all over it, but, you know, famous last words for a, for a, for a Merseyside derby featuring a Jurgen Klopp side. <laughs> we don't get many there and neither do they. Um, I think we've we've scored once there in this derby visit. Is that right? The one 0 the Sadio Mane. I think Mane Mane last minute, ninety fourth minute or something. Yep, I think so. Was is the only one. So um, so yeah, it's uh, it's one of them. Um, Everton are going to be going into it, it, it full of full of beans. I don't know on the fitness of Richardson. I know he was carried off in their last game or, or had to go off early in their last game. Quite early, he was subbed in the first half. So I'm not sure on his fitness, but obviously Calvert-Lewin is, you know, in, in fine fettle and uh, surely at the top of his confidence at the moment. Obviously, uh, Hamas Rodriguez is, is shining, as I think I think everybody thought he would do in the Premier League. He's, he's head and shoulders. Um, above a lot of the midfielders he's coming up and defenders he's coming up against, um, and they've got a way of playing. It's it's not rocket science, but it works. You know they're very um, they're very combative in midfield. They get the ball wide, they get the ball into the box. Great service for Calvert Lewin, and he is trying to he's finishing with, with with one touch, as he says, and he's proven very adept at it. Um, so there, it's going to be a challenge, and with our back four performing as it did in the last game and the unlikelihood of us having anyone other than Yeoli Adriano in in nets, um, we could be up against it. Um, some good news, of course, for us, you, you, I think you mentioned, um, is we're expecting to have the trio back. Um, so Sadio Mane, massively important. Thiago, well, we haven't actually had much of a chance to see his importance yet, but obviously a huge potentially a huge player for us. So he's back and obviously Jordan Henderson, captain and tempo setter in, in our midfield. Um, and standard setter. Yeah. Standard bearer, tempo setter all round. Very important MVP as well. When you consider the stats we've talked about before in terms of games lost, when, when he's on the pitch, goals conceded when he's on the pitch and so on. So, the two massive ones there are Henderson and Mane and Thiago. It's only good news that he's back, of course. So that's huge. Big loss is, of course, Allison. Um, I think everybody knows, or certainly my feelings on Adrian. We've just got to hope that um, the defence and the midfield and uh, the front three just do their job and keep the ball away from, from him as, as much as possible. Um, also, Bobby, a couple of goals for Brazil. Nice. Do him no harm. Do him no harm. And a Salah, the way we've seen Salah. Uh, Salah's it'll on be fire. In, no worries yeah. about him. Not. Yeah, not a worry at all. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, the midfield three, I don't know. I'll probably plump I'll probably plump Thiago Henderson with Aldum, to be honest, for this one. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not... Uh, you're not far away from that, are you? You're not far away from that at all. You maybe got a Fabinho question, but he might play centre-back. Um, depending on what the situation is there, given Joe Gomez is showing against. Villa. I think if as Matt, what about Matip? Because I can imagine with Calvert Lewin, Matip would be the one that I would love to see. Yeah, I mean, if he's if Matip's fit, then then by all means, uh, he's 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 first in the queue. You would say after Gomez's recent performance. Yeah, hopefully he's first in the queue to head the ball out of the box as well. Absolutely, he, he loves a header, big Joel. Like I mean, he's and he'd be desperate to get his place back, so he'd want a good game. Yeah, uh, um, I think the supply line to Calvert Lewin is going to be vital here, and that was one thing that the midfield really failed to do. Pressure um, on the ball, pressure, was the pressure on the ball. on the ball, and cut that supply line to the front players um, against Villa. So 
that's going to be vitally important. So look, well, I think we'll probably wrap it up there, Chief. Um, the two of us yeah. managed to, to, to crack on for quite some time. Um, I know that they're going to be, we're going to be going into that in their top of the league. That's sick. Yeah, well. We'll have to um, knock them off their perch. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, 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 or you're going to be getting some real abuse from your cousin. I know that much anyway. Absolutely, if, absolutely. If, if things if you, go, yeah. Things, if you aren't already Dominic's way, then uh, then I'd be getting it in the ear. There's there's no doubt about that. But hopefully, um, hopefully the boys can do the business and we, we get the win and put put Everton in their place a little because they they look good. Yeah, they do look good, and not surprising because they're probably the the third best manager in the division. So, um, thanks for joining me, Chief. That was. Uh, Interesting um, and insightful. Um, hopefully, yep. uh, hopefully the listeners find it the same. Um, and we'll we'll see how we go on on Saturday morning. So until then, up the Dobby Day Reds. <laughs>